There is no other podcast like this, so proceed with caution as we challenge your beliefs by providing the forbidden information kept away from you and your family by modern medicine so they can keep you on the path of drugs for anything and drugs for everything. Hundreds of years of preventative medicine have been destroyed by Big Pharma. We're in the dark ages of true healing. After all, it's not just about living long, it's about living well. If your continuing search for answers has led you nowhere, you will find the truth here on the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. Now prepare to have your consciousness explode into the next evolutionary stage of human existence with your hosts, Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. Stockwell. Hey everybody, it's Dr. Jack and Mary with the Forbidden Doctor Podcast. And what we are going to be talking about today is a forbidden mineral that prevents cancer. What if there was one forbidden nutrient that could prevent breast cancer and kill cancer cells? Yes, there is. And that is exactly what this podcast is going to be about. I had two patients this week, one that had just finished breast cancer surgery, whole huge mastectomy took all her limbs all across her chest, down her side, in her back, up her arm, all of them. She said, they're all gone. She came in, saw me today. Oh, I guess it's been three days ago. And then I had another lady call me who had just found a lump. She's about my age and she was terrified. She said, I haven't told anybody. I haven't even told myself. She called into the office and she. Now I've been taking care of her for her spine and spine-related problems for years. She didn't want to talk to me when I heard that. She I, wouldn't talk I, to anybody. When I heard her name and I thought, oh, okay, I'll talk. No, no, she doesn't want to talk to you. She wants to talk to Mary. Yeah. She, she didn't want to talk to the staff. She says, no, I just want to talk to Mary. And you could hear the terror in her voice. And this is all so preventable. This is, this is the exciting thing about the Forbidden Doctor. This is all so preventable. The, the lady that came in had invasive lobular carcinoma. That's and, pretty serious. Yeah. And I read up on it. I mean, this is what I deal with quite a bit, but I, of course, don't treat cancer by any means, but I, it is brought on by HRT. Um, in 1995, she had horrific health problems. HRT is? Hormone replacement therapy. Thank, Thank you. you. Yes. Yes. She had horrible problems in 1995, and they did everything, you know, took out the gallbladder. She said, I was having such horrible night sweats. She was going through menopause really early, and she said she was, these were night terrors. She said, they would, I would soak my bed to the point where I, I couldn't even function, and that was at night. Then during the day, she had the same ones. She was having periods, 17-day periods, just massive blood flow. She got so anemic, all these different things. So, you know, they jumped right in with hormone replacement therapy, HRT. And, and as an added bonus, they took out her gallbladder. Took out her gallbladder. Why not? Yeah, you don't need that thing. Yeah. I was surprised they didn't take out all her female organs, but they didn't, which was shocking because they threw in so much HRT, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, and a slew of other, you know, depression drugs and those types of things. And sure enough, that is the primary end result, invasive lobular carcinoma if you yes that's the most common cancer caused by hrt yeah and they just gave it to her there was a study and i used this on my radio show which i don't do anymore but there's a study that was done not too terribly long ago where they were doing thirty thousand nurses with hrt 
and they found out they stopped the study. They had to stop oh, the yeah. study because they were getting more cancer than it was supposed to be preventing. And get this. Now, after they've done all the surgery and everything else, they want to give her another drug that stops her endocrine glands from producing estrogen and hormones. So first they give her all these hormones. Now they're giving her drug. She says, Mary, I have to take it. I have to take it for five years or I'll get breast cancer again. I have to stop my hormones. And I, she I, believes them. I, I was just like, these are the people who is, gave you the is, cancer. <laughs> and, and now you're going to listen to them. This is crazy land. Holy smoke. So if only they had known that iodine deficiency. Can- oh, oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. There's the mineral. There's oh, that's the nutrient. That's the forbidden mineral. That's the forbidden nutrient. That iodine deficiency can cause breast cancer, thyroid cancer, stomach cancer, esophageal cancer, ovarian cancer, and endometrial cancer. Yes, and probably several more. So you know what, guys? You can stop listening now. You can just fast forward to the end of the tape because that's it. That's the forbidden information. Iodine prevents all of those cancers. And the evidence is overwhelming. Whether you go to PubMed or you go to National Institutes of Health and start digging up the research that they have on this particular issue, iodine kills cancer cells. Yeah. And they have known this for decades. Now, one of the interesting things that iodine does, along with the prevention of cancer and the killing of cancer cells and, uh, and antibacterial, because it destroys bacteria, it destroys viruses, it helps. It's also anti-fungal. Anti-fungal. It's anti-food poisoning. Oh, yes. We always take it with us when we travel because yes. it, it helps that also. But and it builds your hormones. An interesting thing that uh, Dr. Fleckus and let me uh, introduce Dr. Jorge Fleckus, F L E C H A S. We said it at the beginning of the show. Uh, you go to YouTube mm-hmm. and put his name in, and he's got several beautiful explanations of iodine. But what what we want to play here is an excerpt from one of his podcasts, and we highly. Uh, endorse what he has to say we highly recommend that you if you want more information on what we've been talking about go to his youtubes uh this is an excerpt as to how uh the adequate amounts of iodine actually assists insulin in its job this may be a breakthrough therapy for type 2 diabetes here we go the other problem that uh, we have noticed is, is a problem of hormone resistance. Um, we noticed that I had a lady that came in one time to the office, and she had an abnormally super high blood sugar of about 1,300. Uh, usually that type of blood sugar will kill somebody. Jeez. And we gave her some uh, <clears throat> insulin and started treating her with insulin. Uh, two weeks later, she was seen in the office, and I said, you know, while you were hospitalized, I noticed that you had a lot of cysts and nodules and scar tissue in your breast tissue, and I said, we need to put you on some iodine to help you to get your breast into better health. And it was interesting that uh, we, and I, you know, and, and then I taught her how to use a glucometer and how to check her blood sugars two times a day. Well, she comes in a month later, and her average blood sugar for the whole month was something like 98. 
And I said, oh, you're doing so good with your diet. You're doing so good with your um, exercise program, doing so good with insulin. And she said, oh, didn't I tell you? I came off of insulin about uh, three or four weeks ago because the insulin was giving me problems with hypoglycemia. And she said, even if I went down to one or two units of insulin, I still got that hypoglycemia. And I sat there and said, well, what do you think happened? And she said, well, she said, uh, Soon after you started me on that iodine stuff, she said, the, uh, I started experiencing episodes of hypoglycemia. And she said, it's got to be the iodine. So then we waited another month. She continued to keep taking iodine. And when she came back a month later, her average blood sugar was 92. Wow. Now, one of the pro- if you look at patients who have diabetes, 90% of diabetics have plenty of insulin. There's plenty of insulin in the body. They, what they have is what's called insulin-resistant diabetes. That is, the body doesn't recognize the presence of the insulin. Iodine helps to increase the recognition of the body to the presence of the insulin. And I can say that it's not just uh, insulin. We can talk about, uh, you know, we can talk about thyroid hormone. We can talk about testosterone. We can talk about cortisone. We can talk about just about every major hormone in the body. Every receptor needs iodine in order to, to be able to function more efficiently. There you have it. Yeah. Every, iodine, every hormone receptor site needs iodine for that hormone to do its job in that cell or on that cell or within that cell. Beautiful. So there you, you know, from Dr. Fleckus himself, one of the major iodine researchers alive today. So we've discovered a new book, and we highly recommend it. It'll mm-hmm. be available off of the website, The Iodine Crisis by Lynn Farrow, F-A-R-R-O-W. What you don't know about iodine can wreck your life. Now, Lynn sounds just like me. Yes. We started our whole podcast career um, a few months ago, with melting breast lumps. Yes. And it was, of course, mostly my story. That's podcast number one. Yeah, where I had all the fibrocystic breast um, lumps. And this lady, you, she sounds just like me and probably many other women out there. Go ahead. So this is uh, her testimony. I'll read to it re- very quickly. She said, for years I endured headaches with brain fog so bad that I lost my driver's license for missing stop signs and speeding. I slept so much, my family called me Rip Van Winkle. Finally, I could no longer work full-time, even with caffeine and painkillers. She couldn't work anymore. No. Yeah. No, I, I've had patients like this. I mean, I've been in practice for 25 years. Yeah. She was a professor, wasn't she? Yes. Yes, I thought so. And she could no longer work full-time. I had all the common illnesses and symptoms. And this, what I'm going to read here, I have seen over and over and over again. This is me. With, iodine, with you. This is me. Not now but years ago with you, and iodine-deficient patients in the clinic. Headaches, hypoglycemia, adrenal weakness. Now listen to these and tell me how many of these don't have a hormone involved with it because that's what part of what iodine does is assist the hormone in its function. I'll start again. Headaches, hypoglycemia, adrenal weakness, hypothyroidism, chronic fatigue, candida, multiple chemical sensitivities, ovarian cysts, fibrocystic breast disease, overweight, cold all the time, always hungry, 
constant need for painkillers, profound exhaustion, and brain fog. Mm. She said, I went from teaching college full-time to working as a journalist part-time. I grew overweight from undiagnosed thyroid disease. And finally, when I thought my life couldn't get worse, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. By some turn of fate, a doctor suggested iodine, and kaboom, iodine changed my life. So much I spent several years researching how this centuries-old nutrient can be so powerful. And along with that, she says this, Within two hours of taking 50 milligrams of iodine, I got a sensation some of us call the boing. (laughs) My brain cleared as if the dusty, unused rooms of my brain suddenly got oxygen. My thoughts grew sharper edges. I felt a burst of energy, thought faster and felt smarter, even doing everyday math. Yeah, my, my daughter said when she started it, she said it made her feel crisp. Oh, that's a good word. Yeah, isn't it crisp? Well, iodine has been used for over a century, maybe longer. In the early 1800s, they used it to cure or get rid of the symptoms of syphilis and mercury poisoning. I mean, those are those are big things here. This isn't a these are very serious problems. They used it to get rid of asthma, aneurysms, arterial sclerosis, angina, gout, goiter, syphilis, oh, I said that one, kidney disease, bronchitis, hemophilia, I might throw in there as well. Yeah, kidney stuff going on and the way that we've now understood that it works is the metallic poisoning by lead and mercury, it decomposes literally the, the, the lead and is stored in a protein, the albumin in the, I can never say that word. The albumin. Albumin. See, I still can't say That's okay. That's okay. Al- albumin. Now, remember what Dr. McBride says about how to chelate heavy metals out of the body. Mm-hmm. The enterocytes. How, uh, well, what's the food that chelates? The white of the eggs. The egg white. The egg raw whites. egg raw white. Raw egg white will, not cooked. When, what is raw egg white? It's albumin. albumin. Mm-hmm. And so what takes place, what, how does the body encapsulate these heavy metals to get rid of them? They enca- it's encapsulated in an inactive denatured protein, albumin. The body uses albumin to move proteins through the bloodstream in a denatured, inactive state. In other words, the albumin will not react with anything. Otherwise, your immune system would go nuts because the immune system does not want an active protein floating through the bloodstream because that's where allergies come from. So what does iodine do? It breaks up the protein that's captured the heavy metals and sends and frees it, it up so it can be sent out. Sends it right out of the body, either through the colon or through the kidney. Do you know white blood cells cannot effectively guard against infection without adequate amounts of iodine? Uh, that's true, because iodine is also an enzyme activator. And so that's why every cell in the body has iodine receptor sites. You can't say that about other minerals. No. So the enzymes that we talked about in podcast 24 would be a wonderful companion to the iodine too. Well, absolutely it would. It would activate the two things. So who stole our iodine? Yeah, that's, that's what I want to know. Where did it go? <laughs> who the heck stole our iodine? <laughs> We've become iodine deficient since the 1970s because the iodine blocking element bromine has purged iodine from our bodies. Yes. IQs are dropping while thyroid and other diseases begin or continue to worsen. 
Why do we have to keep lowering the SAT standards for high school students trying to get into college? That's so sad. Well, we lower the standards to keep the scores up. Yeah. But I mean, that's the cart before the horse. Well, and then you got, why, why are the standards, why do they have to, they're dropping standards to keep the scores high so that a kid who gets up, you know, like a 695, a 725 on their SAT or a 36 on their ACT can be compared to a kid 30 years ago who got the same scores. No, 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 no. The standards have been dropped to keep the grade scores high. Why did they drop the standards? Because they're getting stupid. Yeah, bromine makes you stupid. Bromine makes you stupid. And, and why? And why bromine? And- bromine. And we we get into this in which podcast were we talking about? Oh, the thyroid. Yeah. We talked the la- last two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. We're talking about the thyroid, and we're talking about bromine, and how bromine is a halogen there on on the periodic table. It's a it's kind of an orange colored liquid if it's in a glass bottle you can see this sloshing orange liquid you take the lid off and this scary i mean it looks like out of aladdin in the thousand nights where this genie starts to come out of a bottle i've got a great story to tell about that we don't have time okay we don't (laughs) when my kids broke a bottle of bromine in my laboratory once and what it did to the what it did to the store (laughs) next door now maybe maybe i'll have time before the show's over did they all die oh no no (laughs) did they all get smart but there was one heck of a mess once that (laughs) bromine gas condensed on metal surfaces anyway the thing is is that bromine was supplanted in the bread when they took out the iodine. Well, I wanted to get into obesity too because I'm not sure that uh, the obesity may not have as much to do with overeating as much as bromine cause metabolic slowdown yes. that causes weight gain. Yes, because when you have less iodine receptor sites, it even starts messing up the thyroid hormone. And when the thyroid hormone, as we talked about two weeks ago, lose its ability or, or lose its quantity hypothyroidism sets in yeah. and that's where the tiredness and the laziness and the lack of energy. So three events happened, actually kind of four, but you mean when it was a perfect We're storm. back to the police story this, this, now. Who stole the iodine? Yeah, because, you know, this breast cancer has gone up astronomically since the 1970s. Yes. And all cancers have. The event number one occurred in 1970. When our major source of dietary iodine, the iodate. The salt. Well, yeah, the salt form was used to fortify flour and baked goods. It was removed. Oh, this, okay. no, no, that's not the salt. You're correct. I, 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 I'm wrong. It's the, it's the iodate. Date. It's a salt the of iodine form. that was added to bleached flour because that was a part of the bleaching process. But they took it out and put in a stronger <gasps> that's bleach. That's event. Two. Oh, excuse me. Event oh, oh. two occurred when potassium bromate, a form of bromide, was added. Yes. Yes. Truly, Be- an anti-iodine was added to replace iodine. An iodine. Now, now think about that for it a second. It was bad enough it was removed, but then they had to put in an anti-iodine. So tonight, you- tonight, the Toronto Blue Jays played the New York Yankees. Now, suppose in the bottom of the third, uh, when the batter went up to the plate for either team it was his turn to bat and this horn sounded and all of a sudden 
the women's defense group against Major League Baseball comes marching out on the field at that point and takes the place of the batter, the pitcher, the catcher, the umpires, and says, a new game is in town. The anti-baseball crowd just showed up. This is what happened here. The anti-iodine. I mean, they probably wouldn't kill people in the stands. But sticking an anti-iodine chemical in the bread, and you know why they did it? Now, I can get conspiratorial. To, to, to bleach it. Because bleach it makes it. white bread Whiter. whiter yep. than the iodine does. And we got our iodine. I think there was something like, I think for every three slices of white bread back in the 60s, you'd get one gram of iodine. And if and most people would have three or four or five slices of white sure. bread before the day. Between breakfast toast, mm-hmm. lunch sandwich, and dinner bread, you'd have enough iodine to maintain an iodine supply in the body. But in the 70s, they took that out and put in bromine instead. Then the third event. <sighs> yes, the famous third event. Not only did they event. insult us and destroy our health by putting bromine in our bread, they started putting mass introduction of brominated fire retardants. It escapes from things like rugs and upholsteries in your mattresses, stuffed animals, cars, electronics, things we use every day, and we inhale that dust and it goes into our bloodstream and sequesters itself into the tissues, the endocrine system, and the brain. And it blocks the iodine receptor sites because as you look at the periodic table, bromine is sitting right above iodine in the family of what's known as the halogens. I mean, they're like twins, except the iodine's a little heavier than the bromine. But their basic chemical structure isn't all that different from one another. Yeah, and and if that wasn't enough, you know, we get it in brominated vegetable oil. To clarify it, brighten mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. In sport drinks, we talked about this before with um, Gatorade and foods and Mountain Dew. Yep. You know, Any, do anything... you know that bromide is banned in many countries, but not in the U.S. Oh yes, yes. Just as you, many European countries have banned genetically modified foods, they have banned anything with bromine in it because it leads to all these horrible conditions we've been talking about, and we've barely begun. So it seems to me that the makers of Mountain Dew and Gatorade have come out and said, all right, yes, it's true. Iodine deficiencies cause all these cancers. So we are going to take bromine out of our products so that um, the body from other sources of iodine will have a, will have a healthier body. Yeah. But I, 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 every now and then I pick up, if I see something that's a little yellow, a little bit green, a little bit red, I'll pick up the label in the store and just turn around and look. Yep, there it is. Well, brominated and, oils. And we didn't know that when we bought our mattress. We bought a new mattress, what, two years ago? Well, yeah, about two years ago. Yeah. We, I don't even want to go look now. That explains the stupid things I say to you at <laughs> night. Well, what happened with this lady is, you know, she had all those symptoms. Every symptom I had. Except for headaches. I didn't really have headaches. But other than that, I had every symptom on there, and she got diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes, yeah, so she finally got breast cancer. Right. Even after, after all those things, 
the body's struggle, the immune system's attempts to destroy cancer cells finally surrendered. Yeah. I'll read you some other testimonials of people. And she said, you know, she started going to just, you know, your standard American doctor. And she said, fear can make you jump into the first available treatment conveyor belt and plod through the steps assigned to you, no questions asked. Worse, fear can make you believe in the six most dangerous words in the English language. They must know what they're doing. Oh, yes. Those they six have a words. stethoscope hung around their neck. Yes. Those six words sustained me for about a month. <laughs> she said, I found out that they can legally deceive me. Oh, yes. They can legally they do They can it. legally lie to you. Yes. And, and she, said, she, kept, she kept trying to dig and dig and dig. And she said, where do they get the stuff and the evidence that they keep telling me about? And she found out. That evidence-based medicine is not evidence-based. No. It is consensus-based. Consensus-based. A big difference. Life-altering difference. Evidence-based medicine means survival was extended within a group of studied people. Consensus-based medicine means a bunch of doctors think a treatment is a good idea. Yeah. So how do you know this works? Because he said so. Yeah. My colleague over here said so. Well, she tried to confront a doctor, too. It was so sad. She said nobody dared even say anything to this man. And I'll tell you, what has set this nation free from medical tyranny is the Internet. Yes. And people will, oh, you got it off the Internet. Can't be true. But there, you can go into the, the, the Library of Congress on the Internet. You can go into the National Institutes of Health, the CDC, the Food and Drug Administration. You can go to research after research after research file, even though you got to be very careful with where the research came from and who did it. But still, there, are, there is a tremendous amount of information available on both sides of the fence Drugs for everything, drugs for anything, as opposed to the other side, food is your best medicine. And get tons and tons of information. And because of that, the average American, the average Canadian, as well as European, Asian, Australia, where we are starting to get our email coming in from now because of the podcast, wherever you have a copper connection, as they call it, where you can plug your computer in and download information, you can become so much more educated today than just 20 years ago. The average person on the street gets the slightest little itch. They can spend an hour on the computer and come away knowing in some cases, and this is no exaggeration, knowing in some cases more than their family doctor knows yeah. about the problem. Yeah, it, it's, it's not too hard. Mary- I was told it was benign breast disease, and it's normal because it's so common. Benign. It's it's normal to have benign breast disease <laughs> because it's everywhere. Yeah, she said even a hundred years ago, when syphilis afflicted nearly fifty percent of the European population in the eighteen hundreds, nobody ever suggested it was normal. Fifty percent of the syphilis. Yeah, I mean, a whole lot of hmm hmm going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here with so much benign breast disease, like fibrocystic. Oh, it's normal to have fibrocystic breast disease. Oh, well, if a disease is so common, wouldn't that make it an epidemic? Well, I would think that or would be a better definition. Or some kind of massive public health problem? Where, where did we equate common with normal? Oh, yeah. Because, every, well, everybody's doing it. Everybody's got it. <laughs> so without enough iodine, the breasts and the ovaries 
they get congested, they swell up, and cell membranes don't work well. And without enough iodine, the toxic fluid builds up, causing enlargement and inflammation. I mean, there's stories of women that can't even be hugged because their breasts are so sore. Yes. And it's not just, you know, menstrual Not just the PMS stuff before their period, right. And so fluid collects in the cysts, and then ropery, fibrous tissues develop, and nodules may start growing, and at the worst, fibrocystic breasts grow as hard as rocks. Yes. And nature's baby food factory behaves as if it's choking on a poison. Hmm. Wow, well put. Yeah. Well put. Bromine poisons the iodine receptors. Yes. Yes, and until you have an adequate dose of iodine coming back into the system, and because iodine is heavier than bromine, it will push the bromine out of that receptor site and the iodine take it back over again. Yeah. So you got to get the dominant bromine out of your system. Iodine displaces the bromine. Remember I told the story really quickly when I had been on my iodine therapy, which was 50 milligrams of iodine every day for four years. I mean, I, I never missed my dosage. And I'd been on it a year and a half, and I got that horrific cough. And I started coughing and coughing and coughing, and I couldn't stop. I couldn't, I couldn't take a deep breath without coughing. I couldn't laugh. I couldn't really talk. And I would get up in the morning and cough until I threw up sometimes. And then one day it just stopped. I couldn't even make myself cough. So you, I, rem- I remember, and this. you always said, you know, you I, were you, coughing you, out your lumps. You think I was coughing tumors right out of yeah. my lungs. And that took a year and a half into it. Yeah. Bromine is hard to get out. Yes. But once all that was over with, the lumps were gone. Gone. Well, you know what? My lumps were gone pretty quickly, about four to five months into the, bro- the um, iodine loading. Yes. But it took a long time to get the bromine out of the system. I mean, it deposits in your in your joints, it deposits everywhere. And it took a long time to get it out. And then your my head was clear, I could think again, I had energy, I would wake up in the morning. It was such a beautiful change because I was able to make thyroid hormone again for the first time. <laughs> we talked a lot about that in the the thyroid Um, podcast we did two weeks ago. Yeah, thyroid being so important. We did it in three pieces. Yeah. Now, Dr. Jorge Fletches, did I say that right? Fleckes, Fletches. Fleckes. He talks about if you want to have healthy babies, you have to have iodine in the mother. And he says it's got to be in the first trimester, the first 12 weeks. So you need to start this before you get pregnant. If it's in the first 12 weeks, you won't, your child won't have ADD. But even better than that, if you have iodine therapy through your pregnancy, you will raise your baby's IQ 20 to 30 points above the parent's yes. IQ. Now, with You'll have smarter kids t- than you. That's right. With today's level of parents that I see around here, that's not saying much. But if, but even 20 to 20 to 30 points, I mean, you know, you're considered a pretty smart guy if you've got a, or girl, if you have an IQ of 130 or more, suppose you were to produce a baby of 150. 160. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. And how do you do that? By making sure that before you conceive, 
you've got a good iodine supply in the body, and all during pregnancy you have a very heavy iodine supply in the body. But you know what the average MD is going to say to you if you tell them you want to take iodine? Because of that dumb, stupid, wolf, chait, cough report oh, back in the yeah. early 50s, where and it has been debunked, and it has been ridiculed and thrown out of the research books, yet modern medicine still holds on to the wolf, chait, cough report that said iodine's bad. Dr. Guy Abraham said that has caused more cretinism and mental retardation than both world wars combined. Yeah. He was so angry, he was almost fuming. Now, we're talking about the chief of obstetrics and gynecology and endocrinology at the University of Southern, no, no, not Southern Cal, LA, UCLA, University of California, Los Angeles. That is a rather prestigious position to have. Yeah. Head of obstetrics, gynecology, endocrinology at UCLA. And he came out and he said that. And he said the absolute explosion of cancer and heart disease is directly related to taking iodine out of our diets. And mental retardation. And mental retardation. He was really upset about that. Remember the seminar we went to where he said that if you take 50 milligrams of iodine a day, you can melt... Uh, 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 what? 100. Oh, he did? 100 milligrams of iodine a day will melt any tumor in the body. Yeah, and the lady next to me raised her hand and said, can you repeat that? And he said, no, you heard me. Yeah. He didn't have it in his PowerPoint presentation. Nope. He didn't have it written down in notes. He didn't have it in handouts. And then people chased him down in the hall. I know that because I was chasing down in the hall to get a clarification of that comment. Yeah, he would talk to people. Yeah, privately without a microphone in front of him or a camera because that thing was being filmed that and was recorded. Not the standard of care for breast cancer. No. And this was this was like what 2005, 2006, somewhere back there. And it was dangerous to talk about iodine then. It's dangerous to talk about iodine today because if you talk to your MD, well, I'm going to be taking iodine supplementation. He'll say she'll say, "Are you crazy?" That can cause hypothyroidism. Yeah, it's that can nuts. damage we your have thyroid. Schizophrenic that's just medical like, people. That's just like telling me breathing oxygen, sir, will hurt your lungs. <laughs> Eating food, sir, will hurt your stomach. I'm, and then you know, and because it comes from a voice of authority, you want to because oh, iodine yeah, food's is an essential, bad. essential. Oxygen nutrient. is bad. Yes, what drinking water will kill you. Oh, water's bad. And when they come out and they say something that is absolutely essential to life. And I just consulted with a woman the other day for infertility. She not only had infertility, she had polycystic ovary uh, disease, PCOS. She had a history of endometriosis, breast tenderness, skin problems, hair loss. Probably foggy thinking too. And I'm sitting there thinking... She's got iodine written all over her. Iodine deficiency. Excuse me, iodine deficiency, because everything she just described is connected with not having enough iodine. And she probably couldn't sweat Uh if we'd we'd asked her that. You know, I've had had some patients come in for that very reason. But in three to four weeks of iodine therapy, they can sweat. Yes. Three to four weeks. This is a powerful forbidden mineral. It keeps you well. It keeps your endocrine system healthy so you can be calm, 
So you can have, you know, zest for life and joy in things. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go to the doctor because our medical system is set up to where you don't go to the doctor until you're sick. Right. So we won't have to go anymore if we're feeling good. That's not good. I hate to say it's a conspiracy, but that's what the forbidden doctor, that's what we're about. The doctors will tell you that iodine causes hypothyroidism. And then when you get Hashimoto's or some, they'll say, oh, you need iodine. I mean, just the opposite. Yes. They're, they're schizophrenic and crazy. Well, why, why, why has this happened in medicine? Why, why don't you see uh, medical practitioners prescribing iodine? Well, that's the conspiracy. You can't patent it. Oh, there you because go. Because it's made, nature makes it itself. And the level of practicing medicine that goes on in medical offices today comes from what? The, the drug reps. The drug reps. Yeah. Here's a new one. Oh, and yeah. And they've never told them about this. Yeah. What is it? <laughs> you know, well, here's some samples. And uh, now we're, we've been able to receive FDA approval where we can try uh, putting five diseases in one pill. And you've, <laughs> you know, and here is the pill for uh, silliness, bad jokes, bad breath, sleeplessness, and cancer. And here's the samples to give, and that's the end of the education. So the samples are passed out. They get a call, you know, a month later, how those samples work. Well, you know, uh, the the bad jokes got to be funny and the bad breath cleaned up, but they still got cancer. Mm. Am I being too silly? Yeah. No, I think that was funny <laughs> and I, because I have dealt with some of these people. And, and you know, Moliere... Uh, the, the, the playwright, the French playwright in the 1700s. He said this, he says, nearly all men die of their medicines, not their diseases. That was in the 1700s. Wow. And so... Of, what kind of medicines did they have back then? Oh, they they had some, you know, they, it wasn't well, just bloodletting with they, leeches. They did try to cure syphilis with mercury. Yes, they did. Yeah, but you would die of that before yeah. Well, syphilis. and then uh, Paul Ehrlich... At the beginning of uh, late 1800s, 1900s, I came out with Salversan, which was the cure for syphilis, and it was arsenic. Oh, and they well, of course they killed more people. <laughs> no, this is this is the truth. Yeah, yeah. Well. They killed more people developing the Salversan than they were able to cure syphilis, and the idea was, well, we're going to give this to you, but as a as a side effect. You might die, but, you know, the syphilis, once it gets to oh, the wait, tertiary wait. stage and destroys your brain, you're going to want to die anyway. Yeah, but isn't that isn't that one of the side effects for so many drugs nowadays? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get to, is is the uh, cancer drugs. I'm not going to mention their names. There's well, two or three of them we can mention that usually kills the person before it can kill the cancer. Well, the side effects for iodine therapy is like acne. <laughs> um, some, rashes rashes um, sometimes constipation yeah iodine possesses antibiotic antiparasitic antifungal and antiviral properties and can displace metals so several detoxification actions can occur at the same time as bromine bromide is escaping your tissues 
So in other words, if you suffer from any of those problems and you start taking iodine therapy, every one of them can contribute to some kind of malaise in the system. For a little while. You For just a little go while, slowly. You go slowly. Because and if, bro- if displaced bromine, bromine, excuse me, isn't excreted through the kidneys fast enough, it'll seat itself in the bloodstream, thyroid, brain, skin, etc., and you may get symptoms. Okay. Bromide is a sedative. And so it can make you feel more fatigued for a while. So you just back off on the iodine and the symptoms should go away. Drink more water. And there's this really cool symptom reliever where you put a half a teaspoon of sea salt in water, dissolve it in water, shoot it down, follow it with at least 12 to 18 ounces of water. And that will help displace and get out the bromine inside of your body faster and easier. Yeah. So it doesn't so it doesn't seed itself. Should there be some kind of side effects from starting to use iodine? Yeah. And I'll put that protocol in the handouts. Good. So let me ask you a question. Who should be using iodine? Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Iodine is essential to life. Yeah. Especially girls, especially women. Women need more iodine, and those that have bigger breasts need more iodine. Um, we need because iodine concentrates in the breasts. Number one place. Well, for both male and female, it concentrates. The biggest receptor for iodine is in the thyroid. Exactly. For women, it's breasts. Second, Secondly, and for men, it's prostate because women give life with their breasts, and men give life create with their- life. Men give life with their prostate, but to give life, you have to keep this life alive. So, what is this life? This human being. Yeah, you're pointing female, to yourself, but female and male. Right. You have to keep your life alive in order to give life. So, the biggest receptor of iodine, yeah, is your thyroid. What's the most important hormone in the body? Thyroxin. Thyroxin. T4. So it en- it enables you to make thyroxin. So that's why that's the biggest receptor, at least. That's the way I see it. Because what iodine does is pull fats into your cell membranes. So your cell membranes are soft and moist and okay, supple. Okay, let me ask you this. You've got all these cells throughout all the body, heart cells, liver cells, kidney cells, skin cells, and these cells are being nourished by little tiny blood vessels that are so small you can't even see them. With You cut yourself, you'll see the effect of it. But you, these blood vessels are so tiny Red blood cells have to line up one by one to get through, but coming through with them is fat. Coming through with them is iodine. Mm-hmm. And so what happens to those cells as the iodine and the fats are coming by? You just said it. it iodine oh, oh, pulls yeah. those fats into the cells. Oh, I would thought you were going to talk about the um, sodium that helps No, no. It. I'm not, oh, the, the Sim Porter? No, I'm not right. talking about That's for iodide. With iodine... And iodide's a salt of iodine. Right. It's this it's this soft skin I feel on you all the time. Well, that's because that's all pretty much I if you want to simplify it, because I thought you were gonna get a little deeper there with that sim porter and how that no. malfunctions and all those kinds of things. I don't really want to get into that. No, that's a little because too complicated. All fat all iodine does is pull fats into the cell membrane so you have a soft moist, supple cell membrane so it can release toxins and absorb nutrition. But more importantly, the cell, it makes the cell healthy enough to die. Cells have to die. It's called apoptosis, the natural death of a cell. This is where the anti-cancer effect of of, uh, 
iodine comes in. There you go. When a cell, when a mother cell creates a daughter cell, mm-hmm. and the mother cell goes the way of all the cells to heaven, cell heaven, and the daughter cell takes over, inside the genetic structure of that cell is a clock. It better die. And it finally goes. Time to die. Quiet. Yeah. Time to die, like that scene from Blade Runner. Anyway. Um, and skin cells live about a day, sometimes three days. Yeah, the mucosa inside the mouth, the esophageal, anything where yeah. there is some mucosa, which is the lining of the, of the gut, lining of the throat, the esophagus, the situs passages, these things. You know, if you burn your tongue, the next day it's healed. Yeah. Yeah, that's because all those cells turned over. Apoptosis, the natural death of a cell. Uh, what if they don't die? Then they just divide, 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 divide. Well, they get very territorial. And what do we call that? Cancer. Yeah. Yeah. And so what the presence of iodine does is contributes to the genetically timed death of a cell. A cell lives so long and then it dies. Liver cells live three to four months. Blood cells a little longer. Heart cells, three to four or five months. Uh, nerve cells really long. Seven liver days. cells shorter than that because your liver is, you know, as we say, throwing itself on a grenade every day because of the crap that we eat. But what happens when these cells don't die? The cell that wouldn't die. Well, you know, back in the turn of the century, they had a saying, the doctors had a saying, if you don't know what or why, prescribe therefore K and I. Potassium iodide. Yeah, because it just fixed everything. Yeah, it when was known cell- as the... Heal all, heal all of a hundred years yeah. ago. Whenever, if every cell is healthy, I mean, what what could go you're not going to get sick? What could go wrong? So what happened? Antibiotics, vaccines. Well, when these things got. started to show up, it pushed this thing aside. It was about 1928 when we started adding iodine to the bread because of the problem that was in the Northeast, uh, the Great Lakes area, the, the goiter the, belt. The goiter belt mm-hmm. There, you know. The, 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 all these kids start showing up with, with goiter, the swelling in the throat there uh, of the thyroid gland. Because of a deficiency of iodine, the, 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 the thyroid will swell up trying to filter more blood to pick up more iodine to make thyroxin that life depends upon. And when they found out uh, how much iodine was necessary to stop it, they started making sure that bread had iodine added to it in 1928. Even then, even we'll then, be- iodine was known as a miracle healer. But then, after world, during World War II, after World War II, when antibiotics show up, that's yeah. where the money was. Yeah. There's no money in iodine because yeah. you can't patent it. But then antibiotics showed up, pushed iodine out of the picture. Well, that's not a professional treatment. And then the wolf Chaitkoff lie that showed up in 52, 53, whenever it was, that iodine was dangerous, oh, for Pete's sake. And then taking it out of the bread in the 70s and replacing it with bromine. I mean, it is, you look back at it now, and it is just one series after another of some very bad choices. Yes, and Dr. Jorge said that if you have a goiter, you will almost certainly... Because that's a cyst nodule scar tissue enlargement. And ovaries are a cyst nodule scar tissue enlargement pain. The poly, cystic. polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS, you yes. mentioned that earlier. And breasts, that's what I had, was a cyst nodule scar tissue enlargement pain. And we call it fibrocystic breast disease. Yes. He said, 
you will pretty much be assured you will get one of those cancers, the thyroid, the ovary, the breast, and also in the um, endometrium. All right, well, this... this, Endometriosis, those are cysts also. Let me ask you a question, because it wasn't all that long ago that we did the forbidden cure for skin cancer, and that was podcast number 20. Now, let's relate the possibility of skin cancer to how you described cell health in the presence of iodine and fat. Yeah, it couldn't happen. If your cells were healthy enough, first of all, to die when they're supposed to, and secondly, healthy enough to release toxins and absorb nutrition so they can work properly, how could skin cancer get hold? Well, exactly. You're not a, a, a healthy cell is not going to get sick. And what happened to my skin? I mean, this is a decade or more oh, ago when I started taking. I constantly talk about this. We had email. Can can we feel Mary's baby butt soft skin? <laughs> no. You can shake her hand and find out for yourself. I haven't used lotion. I mean, I you I, don't use I lotion. I have people slather themselves. Yeah. Every single day. Because of the scaliness, the dryness the itchiness of their skin, when you can do it from the inside out. You can do it from the inside out. Good, healthy fats and an adequate supply of iodine. And they knew this forever. I, I, had ni- I have 90-year-old patients, I've had quite a few of them, that tell me when they were in elementary school, there was an iodine pill on every one of their desks every morning up until junior high. Yes. Yeah. You did that today, you'd be thrown in jail. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Practicing We're passing medicine without out. a license. We're passing out drugs. Well, we and, need and to... And also 25% of the people that become senile have hypothyroidism, which could be mitigated with iodine. And 25% of the people age 60 and above have hypothyroidism. Ooh. Because of iodine deficiency, Ooh. could there be a connection between dementia and Alzheimer's Ooh. with iodine yeah, deficiencies? Yeah. Getting Absolutely. Those, getting those fats in there. I mean, this is the forbidden nutrient that they have stolen from us. They have taken it from us. Every cell in the body, every cell in the body has an iodine receptor site. Imagine going into a community of a thousand houses and turning the water off. Oh, go ahead. You know, a receptor for water. Every house has a receptor site for water. Just turn the water off. Go on about your business. You know, go to work, go to school, go on. You think on. we'd get dry skin? You, yeah. You think, <laughs> you think there'd be a problem that would show up eventually yeah. because every receptor site of water didn't get water anymore? Or they got a trickle? Uh, we're going to turn the water on in your house between 8 and 9, and that's it. And so that's what's happened when we have taken iodine out of our diets. Yeah. It's the saddest thing ever. You know, the Japanese eat the most iodine in the world, pretty much, and they have the highest IQs and the lowest breast cancer and lowest prostate cancer in the world. And I I think you need to specify, Mary, that we're talking about the coastal Japanese, the coastal Chinese, the coastal Koreans, because they're eating from the ocean. The interior that has now adopted the Western diet is seeing explosions of heart disease, explosions of obesity, explosions of cancer. Yeah, and, we, and all civilizations grew up on the sea. I guess that's how we've survived. But I don't know that we're going to survive now. One in seven are sterile. In, this, in, in the state of Utah. I don't what? know about the rest of the country, but in the state of Utah, one in seven are infertile. I mean... 
one in 20 some boys are autistic. One in 40 some girls. But by 2020, the predictions are one in two will be autistic. Well, I know this saved my life. And that's what's that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I wouldn't be here without it. And, you know, my testimonial I've given so many times, it's our entire first podcast, podcast number one, was on melting breast lumps. But there's some I want to read. Yeah, we need to wrap this up. So Um, why don't we do it with some testimonials? Yeah. But can you say, can you tell about when you went to back to school for doctors and we were talking about iodine (laughs) a few years ago and how you cracked up a crowd of 400 people who were listening to you? Well, they had me speak at that back to school for doctors. And I got up and I said, I'm showing cleavage today. Because I can. Yes. Because because you still have. Because I still have what my, causes cleavage. Yes, I still have my breasts, and um, yeah, it was it was just. Well, you brought scandalous. the house down. You brought, yes, it was scandalous. Yeah. You brought the house down but, because you told them the melting breast lump story. Yeah, yeah. Because I still had my breasts, and, and you know, I'm not. I don't mean to hit people that don't have their breasts, had mastectomies and stuff like that, but. I, you know, it's not so important that I had my breasts, but I had my life. That's the most important. I would not be here. I mean, I found my breast lumps and had been, I got diagnosed with fibrocystic breast disease way before anybody in my family that's had breast cancer. And I've we've had serious breast cancers in my family, you know, sisters and aunts on both sides of my family, mom's side and dad's side and all kinds of cancers everywhere. And I should not be here right now. I would be gone but for Dr. Royal Lee and, you know, maybe meeting you. I don't know. Because I need. I had that first um, breast exam uh, about a year before I met you. Yes. When I found my breast lumps. So, and that's when I found, discovered, when you discovered your breast lumps, I discovered your pantry. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Now, maybe a, a couple or so of the testimonials, and then we need to talk about where to get your iodine. Yeah. This iodine story is, her name is Katie, and she, her tumor was reduced. She said she found um, a breast lump in 2008. Her doctor wanted her to take tamoxifen to reduce, to reduce the breast lump before surgery, which is, I've read about that before, that that's what they're doing now, a little bit before she, she didn't want to do it and didn't want to do it. And finally, she bought the prescription and took it home. And her husband said, I'm really scared. You need to do what the doctor said. So she took tamoxifen, tamoxifen for about a week. It caused so many toxic problems. She said she was staying at this beautiful, quaint, and peaceful mountain cabin at the time. We were doing day hikes. I scared the bejesus out of my husband when I began having trouble breathing on one of our hikes. He and I thought I was going to die right then and there. And she said, I had no idea tamoxifen could cause something like that. But sure enough, it was right in the literature that, of course, she didn't read, nor was she told that it can cause severe asthma, which she'd never had before. Well, that's, that's the way it is with a lot of prescribed drugs. The patients are not given the insert that goes in the bottle. Or the box. So she called the doctor the next day, and and her solution was to take half a dose. I decided to screw that. (laughs) And after just a week on tamoxifen, I went off it, period. No more asthma, period. In the meantime, she'd been taking the um, Lugol's iodine at higher and higher doses. And she was also painting it on her breasts. And she was taking also the 
iodorol. She took that for three or four months, and then she went back to the doctor. Her tumor had reduced from 2.7 centimeters down to 0.8 centimeters, and you could also feel the difference in the size. The doctor, however, came unglued when I told her I had not taken the tamoxifen and she also and that I would not ever take it. She yelled at me that I would be begging her for tamoxifen when I had metastasized all over my body oh. and I was in Ooh. great pain. It was such a frightening nightmare that even after three years, I still get stressed out even thinking about it. So the doctor said she would schedule the surgery, and I wondered why I should have surgery at this point. Why shouldn't I just continue to it, work? Because it at shrunk three, at how much? 80, 80%? Yeah, I think, that, but it's 2.7 centimeters down to 0.8 centimeters. So um, the icing on the cake was the doctor told me that no one can do that. No one can shrink tumors. <laughs> and that anyone who tried alternative means always ended up coming back to her to have it cut out. Finally, she said she'd give me eight weeks to shrink the tumor. Then she would cut it out. Ha, I have yet to have surgery and I'm alive and well. <laughs> because she was dosing heavily with iodine. Yes, because yes. she was dosing with that. Another guy, I'll just real quick, Raymond, his goiter shrank 90% and his hemorrhoids are gone. He did have a lot of detox symptoms. He had acne, rash, sinus pain, pressure aches and pains, but I pushed through them to the other side and I'm all better now. So the horrible, horrible side effects of a little bit of acne, rash, although I had a patient last week that said his acne got better. Using iodine. Yeah. Well, that's usually uh, what does happen. It's just a detox. It depends on how brominated you are. Yeah. And the more bromine you have, the yeah. more detox there will be. And you just slow down. Take here's, it easy. Here's Frank. He said, after four months of iodine at 50 milligrams daily, my prostate problems are gone. And he had nighttime urination, his hair actually regrew, and prostatitis infection. Was so, taken care of. Yeah, that was taken care of. Here's another one. Jim had his testosterone levels go way up. Um, the total testosterone, 60% since starting. I've raised my free and total testosterone 60% since starting iodine 12 months ago. Um, another one talked about Lyme's disease being helped. Belinda, she had painful breasts, hypothyroidism, and 50 pounds of excess weight was resolved. Wow. She said, thank you for introducing me to iodine at 54. Hoo-hoo, that's almost my age. I'm 53. She said, at 54, my breasts were like balls of rocks, and I was 50 pounds overweight. I was diagnosed as hypothyroid, but the medication never did anything. Then I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This is not funny. I began taking iodorol because it was the main part of my integrative doctor supplement protocol. I experienced a little brain fog detox when I started because I skipped the salt water part of the iodine protocol. Remember, that's how we said you yes. help mitigate the symptoms, you know, from detoxing. Then I started it and all the brain fog went away after she started the salt protocol and gradually my weight just came down to normal. I was so thrilled that when I had an all-women's party, I brought little bottles of Iodorol as party favors. <laughs> oh, that's I'm one of those people that tells strangers about iodine because it changed my life. Isn't that cool? There's a really good one. Lumpy, sore breasts. She said, I felt really good. I had so much energy. I felt like going places and doing things. I was, it wasn't, wasn't a jittery caffeine energy. It was just 
what a normal 30-year-old should feel like, and my libido was back. Oh, that yes. was, this was a big one. That's what my husband noticed first. Prior to the iodorol, I just didn't want to be with my husband. I wanted, I wanted to want to, but I just didn't. But suddenly I wanted to. And finally, my breast, my breast pain would start exactly 10 days before my period and be very severe. On the second month, no pain before, none at all. My mother had breast cancer at 38. I am now 35. But I have taken control of my health and I will not be a silent victim. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. And there's a dog who had a breast, I mean, a big lump and a cyst on the back near her tail for a few years. So she put her dog on iodine and it went right, it went away. She said it popped and it was draining on its own. And I think that was within a month here. Isn't that cool? That's kind of a cool one too. Um, one more, because this one is really cool. Majoria. This is her story. She had a nickel-sized breast lump, um, fibromyalgia, and other problems. She said, all my life, up until age 28, she said, I was on the low-fat and so-called heart-healthy whole grains were my regular, Ugh. yeah, no fat. And we've talked about this ad nauseum in, in other places. But um, she had the fibrocystic breast disease and went to the doctor with a big lump that she found. And they took it out, and it wasn't cancerous. And then she went back, and she had an even bigger one later. And so she said, I decided to give the supplementation a try. She got introduced to mm -hmm. iodine. She was really, really nervous to take it because of all the literature out there that from that study you talked about. But she started it anyway, taking 50 milligrams of iodorol. And then the other supplemental um, synergist that work so well with it. Selenium, and that will be on our protocol. Um, there's three or four others that are really important. She said, I did it, and guess what? It worked. Within a couple of weeks, the mass was smaller, less dense, and not as tender. Within a month, it was half the size it was before supplementation. Within two months, it was gone. Gone. Gone yes. without pain, without stress, without an invasive procedure. She went into way more detail about what a horrible procedure it was to take out those breast lumps. And she was just taking them out and taking them out and taking them out. So when she says, I work in the medical field and I'm nose deep in conventional Western medicine every day, she says, but we're just treating the symptoms. We should be investigating and treating the cause. So this is just near and dear to my heart. I don't, I would love to just get this forbidden information out everywhere about breast lumps and melting breast lumps. You have a personal investment ovarian, in this. Ovarian cyst disease and endometriosis, which completely resolves with iodine therapy. Cardio problems, cardiopulmonary problems, digestive problems, eliminative problems, immune problems, reproductive problems, skin problems. Did I leave anything brain out? Even fog. Yes. Especially cognitive stuff yeah. in the brain. It's a simple forbidden solution. And that's all you need to know to prevent breast cancer is follow the protocol. Um, you have to do iodine loading for about three months. You have to work up slowly and then you stay at the highest dose for three months. That's to push out the bromine and heavy metals and other things. And then if you have side effects, I'm going to put in a little handout that tells you how to help yourself with those. And, you know, you can then drop down to the level. The maintenance dose. The maintenance dose where your skin says stays soft. That's the indicator. That's yeah. the barometer. That's the, the, the check. You don't have to go in and get endless blood tests. 
Is your skin as soft as a baby's bum? And the same thing for guys and their heels. Do you have a two-inch thick callus on the bottom yeah, of your heels? Yeah, you used to be able to crawl up the wall. Oh, I could walk right up the wall because <laughs> of the roughness of my feet. Yeah. I couldn't get my feet near yours. They would cut my feet yeah. in bed. Now? Soft, soft, soft. Soft, soft. No calluses, nothing. Yeah. Because of that thing that you described. Yeah. Pulling the fat into the cell, turning the cell into a spongy, beautiful little soft cushion rather than a hard piece of metal. Yeah. Simple, simple. Okay. Okay. I hope you guys have loved this. There'll be some really cool handouts at the end. So please go to our website, ForbiddenDoctor.com and... Listen to the whole thing. <laughs> we don't get credit for it. it Unless you listen to yes, the whole thing. You have to listen to the whole thing yeah. before it counts as a download. Yeah, so fast forward to the end if you want, because all you need to know is take iodine to prevent all these horrible cancers, but please listen to the end. And our handouts will tell you how to get it and how to take it and what to watch for. Yeah. All okay. right. See you we'll next We'll see week. you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening to the Forbidden Doctor podcast with Dr. Jack and Mary Stockwell. It's our pleasure to join you on your health revolution and look forward to our quest for health together. Join us again next week for more health secrets and forbidden truths about self-healing. Until then, visit ForbiddenDoctor.com and enter your email to receive a special coupon for the Forbidden Doctor special scientific formula, our long-life energy enzymes. This custom-made one-capsule supplement is created from the most concentrated energy-stimulating enzymes. For more information, be sure to head over to ForbiddenDoctor.com. These podcasts are provided for information only. The previous statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Nothing that was said is intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.